the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, I want to tell you about our friends at the Freedom Foundation. The Freedom Foundation, they have been freeing government employees from union bondage since that Supreme Court decision in 2017-ish. That's about right. Yeah, 2017. And... uh, what the, what the Supreme Court decided in the Janus case is that if you want a government job, you don't have to join a union to get it. If you have a government job, you don't have to join the union to keep it. And if you are not in the union, you don't have to pay union dues. Now, that is a relief to you because you'll get to keep about $1,000 per year on average. That's real money. It stays in your pocket, in your wallet, in your purse. Best part, you're not funding the lobby machine. You're not funding the union bosses who monolithically support Democrats and the progressive causes that you are rising up against now that you didn't even know were so fully infiltrated in every major institution in this country. And so now you're fighting them back. And the Freedom Foundation is helping you do that. So go to optouttoday.com. That is optouttoday.com. You'll see how simple and seamless it is to opt out of the union. If you're in the union, opt out. If you have a friend or family member in the union, send them to optouttoday.com. And thank you to the Freedom Foundation for their continued support of the Ohio Press Network. All right, enough of that. Uh, I want to welcome him back in. He is a GOP candidate, a Republican candidate for U.S. Senate. Bernie Marino, welcome back. How are you this morning, sir? I'm doing great. Uh, Very excited. Last night we got the endorsement uh, for the uh, 4-4-0 now from the Madison County Republican Party. So we feel really good about that because, again, Jack, you know, it's, this is about putting the entirety of the Republican Party behind my campaign. So we feel really good about endorsements uh, and momentum. Yeah. And so you have uh, President Trump. You have, uh, let's see, Madison, uh, Delaware, uh, Claremont. I'm missing another one. Uh, Butler. Butler. That, Butler. There it is. First one. Yeah. yeah, there it is. So four counties. Um, so, you know, uh, hey, uh, I'll see if you want to tip your hand here. Do you have any other major endorsements coming down the line? Uh, we have we have a few others. Uh, we can't announce them today because we want to be uh, uh, make sure we have all of our ducks in a row. But sure. uh, some other big, big ones uh, that we're really excited about. And again, what you'll see, Jack, is the full diversity of the Republican Party, because that's what it's going to take. Yeah. Uh, Sheriff Brown's going to have every last Democrat uh, united behind him, plus the media. Mm-hmm. And so we uh entirety of the Republican Party to defeat Sheriff Brown, and that's what we're prepared to do. So, I, you know, I sense uh, – let me ask you a couple of questions that um, I didn't plan to ask you, but I'm going to ask you anyway because they're up on Twitter, and our listeners can go there to Jack Windsor, and uh, the survey questions are there. First question, uh, Bernie, this one's a little uh, maybe tongue-in-cheek, a little more lighthearted. Um, do you think Claudine Gay used uh, chat GPT to draft her resignation letter? No, she used uh, uh, a race baiting GPT. It's a different <laughs> app. <laughs> well, you put it in any question and it gives you some race baiting answer. Uh, you know, if you remember, there were three uh, college presidents that went up there and 
uh, were absolutely ridiculous in their answers, saying that uh, basically uh, it's not anti-Semitic uh, to call for the death of Jews unless you actually do it, uh, which is disgusting. It's awful. We have uh, anti-Semitism raging throughout this country, and the fact that the three leading presidents of the top universities in America couldn't unequivocally say and denounce it. It was disgusting. Now, the president of the University of Pennsylvania resigned relatively quickly. Uh, Claudine Gay waited till later. Some resignation of uh, Claudine Gay is racist, but not the resignation of the Penn president. It just tells you uh, everything is viewed through these racial uh, lenses. It's, it's, uh, it's terrible. Like in my case, Jack, I'd be the first Hispanic elected in Ohio. Uh, history statewide. Wow. And if anybody supports me or votes for me for that reason, I'm going to be really upset because the reality is you should vote and support somebody or somebody should get a position because of the best qualified person. That isn't uh, complicated. It shouldn't be controversial. Yeah. You know, it, it shouldn't be, but it is. And I, I think that is what gives me the most concern looking into 24. I, I get into the cross tabs of these, um, uh, surveys and these polls that are being conducted that show um, Donald Trump ahead of Joe Biden. But when you dig in, you see that Joe Biden is trailing and, and the folks that supported him before aren't necessarily going over to Donald Trump. They're going to a third party candidate and the younger voters, particularly they're upset because Joe Biden is not green enough in, in doing climate change stuff. Uh, he's too pro Israel and he's, he's not pro uh, Palestine enough. Um, and by the way, this is the group of people who they, they hate merit to your point about if folks vote for you because you're Hispanic and not because you're the best candidate, then, you know, identity politics wins. Um, it, this seems to be like an insidious, deeply rooted issue, uh, Bernie. If you're elected to the Senate, how do you start to unravel that at a federal level? Or do you think this is more a hearts and minds issue that we have to handle handle culturally? No, it's a systemic issue. I think we have to get uh, much more conservatives engaged in boards of trustees in, the, in these colleges and universities. Uh, we have to make it uh, illegal to have discrimination, uh, but that means discrimination against anyone. Uh, we shouldn't discriminate against anybody. We shouldn't discriminate against people for their immutable characteristics. Again, I think that's something that we can rally around and support. Uh, the, the reality is our colleges were taken over by the radical left, mm -hmm. not just last year, but over the last few decades. So this is going to take a long time. But I think conservatives, people listening to your show right now, got to step up. Yep. Uh, we, we have to do this together. This idea that you're sitting on the stands complaining about the game. No, you got to get into the field of play. Uh, listen, I put my whole life into a blender, Jack, to run for office. I never thought I'd do this because I wanted to build wealth. This country's given me more uh, blessings than I could ever imagine. But because if we don't step up, we're going to lose this country. And uh, what better causes are fighting like hell for this country, for our kids and grandkids, than stepping up? And I think that's what all of you, uh, you're doing, what your listeners got to do. It takes a full court press to make this happen. Well, and I, I would suggest, too, that um, folks who are listening, um, we'll, we'll tell them how to get more info on you and support you. But I would also make sure that you're calling your your state senator, because in Ohio, there is a higher education bill. And to your point about radical liberalism totally infecting our higher education structure, Youngstown State University and its intelligentsia are showing us what we already know, Bernie. And they're proof positive the left has a monopoly on higher education. And ironically, it's their diversity, equity and inclusion ideology 
that's completely exposed for what it is. It's a cult. It's a religion. It's an excuse for bigotry. Um, but we kind of have the same issue in our federal government, don't we? Yeah, it's, a, it's in our tech companies, our large corporations, the boards of directors, our universities, our schools, our school boards. They have absolutely gone into the into the groundwater. Uh, whereas Republicans, we've been focused on the, on the top of the of the lake. Uh, we have to go deep. We have to get involved at all levels. Whatever you can do, you have to do. You cannot sit on the sidelines any longer. So um, pivoting over to your your race for U.S. Senate, you're vying for the Republican nomination. You're battling uh, Secretary of State Frank LaRose, current state senator um, Matt Dolan, uh, whose family owns the team formerly known as the Cleveland Indians. Um, where do you think you stand right now in that race, Bernie? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, work wake up every day, Jack. Like I'm in fifth place in a three man race. I'm gonna work hard. I have a giant benefit that they don't have, which is that I've sold all my operating businesses. So from the moment I wake up until the moment I go to bed, seven days a week, this is what I do. The other two guys have jobs that they got elected to do. Unfortunately, they've chosen to take their eye off the ball and not do the job they got elected to do. But they certainly have to pay some attention to it. And I have the ability to do this all day, every day. Uh, Defeating Sherrod Brown can't be a part-time job, and uh, that's that's my big uh, advantage that I have in this race. So that's that's number one. The other one is I've created businesses. I'm an outsider. I've never held public office, never been on a ballot. Uh, those two guys have 30 years of public office between them. Uh, in the case of Frank, he's never worked in the private sector. For the most part, Matt never has either. Uh, you know, He worked for his dad's law office and his dad's baseball team, uh, but really never created businesses. So we're going to draw that contrast. Uh, during this race, and that's how we're going to win. So I think the Trump endorsement helps tremendously, obviously. There's been a lot of speculation that that might lead to Frank dropping out, uh, but that Matt may stay in, and that's all just scuttlebutt. Um, uh, Let me ask, so we've got about 45 seconds here. The other divisive issue that we're facing right now is Governor Mike DeWine. Frank LaRose has said he made a mistake in vetoing 68 I haven't heard Matt Dolan say a peep. Uh, maybe he has. If I missed it, let me know. Um, where do you stand on this, and are you surprised? About 30 seconds on this. Well, I, I was the first one to speak up about it. Uh, it was a ridiculous uh, veto. It will be overridden next week. I'm very, very confident of that. And I think it's telling. Matt, Matt Dolan doesn't want to say anything about it because uh, the people who support him uh, don't want him attacking DeWine. I don't know how you can have a bone of integrity and decency in your body and not attack both the veto, and the governor for his uh, – I'm not even going to get started. Uh, Bernie Marino, thank you so much for spending time with us again today. I know that we'll have you back. Um, have a great week, brother. Okay. Thanks, Jack. I appreciate it. All right. See ya. All right. Hey, uh, more on the other side of the break. Um, we've got a lot to cover, so make sure you stay tuned. 98.9 FM, The Answer. Today, mostly cloudy skies are high today at 40. Cloudy tonight, low 29. Snow shower in the morning, otherwise clouds high 34. Clear and cold tomorrow night, low 20. Sunny clouds for Friday morning, turning into a mostly cloudy afternoon. The high Friday at 37. Clouds and some snow late in the day on Saturday. We could get 1 to 3 inches. The high on Saturday afternoon at 36. I'm Steve Williams on 98.9 FM, The Answer.
So I, I, I have to read you some of these. This is this is brilliant stuff. So, you know, back and forth on this idea of the fact that kids should not be taking drugs, pumping their bodies full of hormones of the opposite sex or chemically castrating themselves, right? Um, someone said, okay with you if my kid gets a tonsillectomy, Jack, it involves drugs and surgery. Boy, that's a that's that's a that's a man. I didn't see that argument coming. That's Boy, pretty, I, where do you go from there, Jack? Uh, oh, you're dead in the water. Stumped, <laughs> stumped. Do we let kids take steroids to get bigger bodies, bodies at unnatural ages? You know, no. Ten year old to pump up iron. No, Arnold Schwarzenegger. No, you know, no. I want to pump you up. I want to pump you up. Uh, well, why? Why don't we let them so we can have a better, better physical athlete? You know, more elite athlete. Why don't we give them steroids at a tender young age? Uh, that's coming. Once <laughs> we are a communist regime and we're going to compete in the Olympics and own oh, the Olympics that's right. and show the world that we are the world power. I mean, you know, that's what communist countries do, right? They, they. If you ever noticed that, the, the communist countries, do, do you remember in, oh, yeah. in their peak times, they were Olympic champions, man. Yeah, the, the East German female wrestler, weightlifter. <laughs> right. And so, I, I think of China. Um, and the 12-year-old gymnast that can do unbelievable things. Yes. And, you know, I'm sure they probably locked her in a cage and threw they some take, lettuce they, once They take in a them while. from their parents. They do. 100%. They, do. they take them from the... That's a fact. They become a ward of the state. Yes. And you're going to compete whether you like it or like, not. Whether you like it or not. So, look, tonsillectomies, um, that is not... So if you get a tonsillectomy, it's likely, uh, you know, my daughter's actually had her tonsils taken out. Does that make me an abuser? Um, no, she had them taken out because she had uh, some breathing issues, maybe some apnea and some some chronic, you know, uh, throat issues. So we took those out because it was a problem that created an impairment that created, you know, some recurring health conditions. And once those tonsils were removed, she was still a girl. Uh, she was still able to breathe. Uh, she still had a throat in, but I didn't look at her and go, I think your tonsils need to come out because you identify as somebody without tonsils. So like, again, false straw man argument. One medical condition is not the other. One of these things is not One like of these the things other. Is not like the other. Yeah. Okay. So funny. Um, okay. Let's read the rest of this, Alan. I would be 100. I would be totally remiss if I didn't. You know, we might have to start from the beginning. We, we just might have to start from the beginning here. Uh, dear members of the Harvard community, it is with a heavy heart, but a deep love for Harvard that I write to share that I will be stepping down as president. This is not a decision I came to easily. Indeed, it has been difficult beyond words because I have looked forward to working with so many of you to advance the commitment to academic excellence that has propelled this great university across centuries. But after consultation with members of the corporation, capital C. Uh, it has become clear that it is in the best interests of Harvard for me to resign so that our community can navigate this moment of extraordinary challenge with a focus on the institution rather than any individual. It is a singular honor to be a member of this university, which has been my home and my inspiration for most of my professional career. Read, I've done nothing other than work in this institution of higher liberalism. Uh, my deep sense of connection to Harvard and its people has made it all the more painful to witness the tensions and divisions that have riven our community in recent months, weakening the bonds of trust and reciprocity 
that should be our sources of strength and support in times of crisis. Amidst all of this, it has been distressing to have doubt cast on my commitments to confronting hate and upholding scholarly vigor, two bedrock values that are fundamental to who I am, and frightening to be subjected to personal attacks and threats fueled by Rachel, Rachel, racial animus. I believe in the people of Harvard because I see in you the possibility and the promise of a better future. These last weeks have helped me clear the work help make clear the work we need to do to build that future, to combat bias and hate in all its forms, to create a learning environment in which we respect each other's dignity and treat one another with compassion. And hold on, we got to get the second one here. Come on. And I know, I know. Oh. Well, here we go. I believe we have within us all that we need to heal from this period of tension and division and to emerge stronger. I had hoped with all my heart to lead us on that journey in partnership with all of you as I now return to the faculty and to the scholarship and teaching that are the lifeblood of what we do. I pledge to continue working alongside you to build the community we all deserve. Oh, and by the way, sorry, I forgot to add this part. Uh, it has helped make clear the work we need to do to build that future, to combat bias and hate in all its forms, to create a learning environment in which we respect each other's dignity and treat one another with the compassion and to affirm our enduring commitment to open inquiry and free expression in the pursuit of truth. I believe we have within us all that we need to heal from this. And then when I became president, <clears throat> I considered myself particularly blessed by the opportunity to serve people from around the world who saw in my presidency a vision of Harvard that affirmed their sense of belonging, their sense of Harvard, welcomes people of talent and promise from every background, imaginable except conservatives, uh, to learn from and grow, and, and maybe not Jews, uh, with one another. To all of you, please know that those doors remain open and Harvard will be stronger and better because they do. As we welcome a new year and a new semester, I hope we can look forward... <laughs> Uh, forward to brighter days. Uh, sad as I am to be sending this message, my hopes for Harvard remain undimmed. When my brief presidency is remembered, I hope it will be seen as a moment of reawakening to the importance of striving to find our common humanity and of not allowing rancor and vituperation to undermine the vital process of education. <laughs> I trust we will all find ways in this time of intense challenge and controversy to recommit ourselves to the excellence, the openness, and the independence that are crucial to what our university stands for and to our capacity to serve the world. Sincerely, Claudine Gay. Was that the opening to her book? First chapter? Man, I, look. Word salad and just every leftist phraseology and... Lots of big words in there, Big Alan. words, because they're academics. So I learned big words by word of day toilet paper, so I'm going to use them. <laughs> I So I have trouble sleeping at night. And, man, I, this is awesome because I will not have trouble sleeping tonight. I will just let my eyeballs oh, wow. scan this. <clears throat> what did I tell you was the one thing that stood out to me the first time you read that? Uh, that she had spent her almost her entire professional career at Harvard. Yeah. What does that tell you about 
the institutions we now are railing against. They promote plagiarists. That's a good point. But if you don't know anything else outside of that, then you don't know anything outside of that. That's right. She has no clue. All joking aside, truly, it is uh, it's scary to me Very scary. that we look at someone who and, and I mean, the case is pretty much closed. I, I doubt that people are going to dig more here. Maybe they will because she still has a job. But what they uncovered, what they unearthed. And by the way, the Associated Press in their article, they didn't deny that plagiarism had been unearthed. They just said it was a weapon that, that basically white conservatives were using. And so essentially, I want you to think about how racist that is. Of course. (laughs) If you're black, you have to plagiarize. If you're black and you're at Harvard, it's just under, it's under the surface. How dare you dig it up? I mean, what an insult that I, I read stuff like that. And I go, you're calling Chris Rufo, by the way, who was the one pushing for this. And he's the one who posted it on Twitter. I mean, you are bigoted you are racist if that is your worldview i mean i I know no other way around it alan there there isn't honestly there isn't it's a it's a one-way mirror for them man oh man okay uh hour number two up next on the bruce willis show stay tuned Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.